0: It is a nice mustache but he's crazy as hell. It's Friday, February 23rd, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, master student and fearsome Sneezer, and with me today are Gordon Derek, contributing editor at Dutch News and what appears to be a permanent resident of Delft, and Molly Quell, contributing editor at Dutch News and dog food experimenter. So I, how's the dog food experiments going, I,
1: I literally have no idea what he's talking about. What are you <laughs> about, talking about?
0: About the the, the the papers and the and the bills you oh, are feeding yeah. your dog. Ah, <laughs> yes.
1: So we, we got this new dog, what, six weeks ago now? Mm. And we've discovered that he likes to shred the mail. So ah. he's now shredded several post-NL notification packages. So I've now twice had to take a gross baggie of shredded <laughs> bits of paper to the, you know, the copy the, mm. the post-NL pick-up location. Assemble it on the counter. So the last time I was in there, the like kid that's behind the counter is trying to help me because it has, you need the little like number to be able to find the And then the doors package. opened
0: and the wind came in.
1: Exactly. So it was, it's a bit of a Mess. also he chewed up the invoice from our oncote macular and my uh, health insurance bill but so, you yeah. didn't
0: have to pay any any bills because you. Didn't yeah have I, any, I can't so. i can't pay any
1: bills yeah,
2: yeah has he chewed up any bonnets as well it's yeah all the <laughs> he's, yeah. Now he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's now a bus
1: driver yeah he's <laughs> now a bus driver and uh, Paul, what, what are you sick? What's your deal no, with the? No, I'm. Some sneezer.
0: I'm not. I'm not sick, but I ha- I'm having a cold, and I was having a lecture, and I was sitting somewhere in intellectual, and I had to sneeze, and apparently it was really loud because two people in front of me got scared of the noise I made, <laughs> <laughs> and someone even knocked over her coffee. So no, yeah, are you yeah. it's really bad. Wow. yeah So you have to give some kind of advance warning
2: when you're going to sneeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you have to raise a flag.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. And Gordon, why are you spending so much time in Delft?
2: I I don't quite know, but I am. Uh, No, I don't know. I've got three appointments in Delft today. One's well, one's one of my children. One's this. And um, earlier today, I was in. uh, (laughs) What is this? What is
1: this? (laughs) 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 Could you say Uh, that with any more (laughs) disdain? You said it as if you don't like to be here.
0: (laughs) Far from it. So, um, and there was uh, some updates about Lady Maya, the American eagle who escaped. We uh, we discussed this last week.
1: Yes, but she has now uh, returned, and the zoo is very happy that she has come back. She Mm -hmm. apparently just. Did a little uh, eat, pray, love around the Netherlands, and then uh, and <laughs> returned to the to the zoo. Did she do some yoga or something? Yeah, and she come did back? some yoga. Yeah. She she read a few good books, and she found herself. And she found herself. Yeah, yeah. and now, now she
2: and now she feels that she can go back and uh, cope with those uh, seagulls. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, other interesting uh, little bits of news this week. The uh, the Dutch cultural minister came out to say that he thinks Netflix should make uh, Dutch. TV, Dutch culture, Dutch cultural TV. I'm not mm, sure what that is. Maybe
2: you should be sort of investigating why they're not doing it anyway.
1: I suspect <laughs> it's because the pinnacle of Dutch movie making was this um, this movie called Sint. Yeah. Uh, the premise of Sint, for those who have not seen it, is that Sinterklaas is like a horrible demon serial killer and like murders like everyone. A, <laughs> like a zombie Sinterklaas. Yeah, right? it's yeah. really bad.
0: And I think this movie even came out somewhere around Sinterklaas time, yeah. no, so uh, uh, there were some people who went there with their kids and you could find out that they this wasn't like a traditional. They thought it was a children's oh, movie. It was, a, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, 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 because the name of the title is Sin.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, um, and there's
2: been uh, some kind of a kerfuffle about the uh, foreign minister and how well she
1: dressed we, for a trip to. Iran. We, n- we now have a foreign minister, which yes, uh, last yeah, there week, were two. Yeah, there
0: were already two, and yeah. one was dismissed or he, he resigned, he and, and we still have one other, but yeah. we need a new one. Right. We need a second one. Right? Yeah, we need a yeah. second
1: one. Um, so this, the, the Minister 2.0, Minister Beta Test version, whatever. Sigur Yeah. Uh, Sigrid, yeah. A... She went on a foreign visit to Iran. And as you have to do by law in Iran, wore a headscarf. Mm. And of course, people are all sorts of like pissed off about this. Yeah. As though anyone cares as if
2: somehow sort of keeping by a country's laws is uh, some kind of terrible terrible precedent set i
1: think iranians should come here on their official like ministry visits and then like insist on biking the wrong way or not heeding to traffic <laughs> yeah. laws or I mean, wearing
0: inflatable orange crowns right this week we'll update you on the tobacco lawsuit we discussed last week if we'll get a referendum on abolishing referendums we'll tell you everything about the dutch successes and failures at the winter olympics and why a bible belt town got a new red light district In our discussion, we'll talk about the upcoming municipality elections.
2: In our top story, the Public Prosecution Service has decided not to bring charges against four major tobacco firms accused of duping people into taking up smoking. In a statement, the Prosecution Service said there was no realistic chance of succeeding because cigarettes are legal and smokers have the choice of whether or not to accept the health risks. Campaigners have argued that the firms are guilty of documentary fraud and deliberately damaging public health by manipulating tests to measure the levels of harmless substances and by deliberately making their products addictive. The case was supported by medical institutions, including the Antony von Leonhook Hospital, children's doctors and dentists, cancer charities and gynaecologists
0: gynecologist too. Gynecologist? That's what it
2: said the <laughs> story I read but I, was, I didn't, ask, uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, dive deeply into that uh, particular where, aspect of the story. Where but, are uh, they putting the cigarettes? <laughs> so Gordon, uh, is this the end of the case? No, I don't think so. The case has been brought um, by a very tenacious lawyer called Benedikte Fick, who's representing two Dutch lung cancer patients and she's already said that she'll contest the decision that she'll go to the Court of Appeal in The Hague in what's called, I believe, an Article 12 procedure where you try and ask the court to um, force the uh, prosecution service to intervene, um, and she said, "quote The criminal practices of the tobacco industry must be stopped, and a lot of progress has already been made." So. Even if they don't get, actually get the case on, she'll, uh, she's claiming they've, they've had some success in just getting it into the public debate. Probably uh, uh, important to bear in mind that uh, there's no um, that there's no system of bringing private prosecutions in the Netherlands, so she's dependent on the, on the courts, forcing the prosecution service to change its mind.
1: So, Gordon, um, how big is the tobacco industry in the Netherlands?
2: Well, it's uh, smaller than it used to be. Um, Philip Morris closed its last factory in this country in 2014. Uh, there are three Dutch companies still producing about 26 million kilos of rolling tobacco, or a year um, and about three quarters of that's for the export market. And in terms of consumer terms, uh, 25% of the Dutch population is uh, are smokers uh, and they spend 4.2 billion a year on cigarettes, which is something like 250 euros per person man, woman, child, smoker, non smoker, whatever. Oh, wow. um, a lot of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. And three quarters of that is tax revenue, so the Treasury gets more than three billion, which sounds like a lot of money until you read the analysis that was published in the Dutch medical journal um, NTVG uh, last year, which That the annual cost of smoking adds up to 33
0: billion euros. Wow! Is that only in terms of medical costs? I think it's
2: medical costs, and it's also things like you know, um, time of lost productivity and time of work and uh, everything.
0: Really, the smallest possible majority in the Tweede Kamer voted in favour of the law that will abolish the possibility of holding an advisory referendum. Almost the entire opposition, with the exception of the three-seat party SGP, furiously opposed scrapping the law and were especially angry because Interior Minister Kasia Olongen refused to allow a referendum on the plans. She argued that the advisory referendum is a faulty tool that only widens the gap between people and politics. Forum for Democracy leader Cherry Baudet called Olongen an assassin of democracy and put a motion of no confidence to the vote, but this was only supported by Forum for Democracy, PVV and the Animal Rights Party, Partij voor de Dieren. SPMP Ronald van Raken called it a black day for democracy. And since the legislation was introduced in 2014, only one referendum was held in 2016 on the association treaty between the European Union and the Ukraine. And one more on the tapping law will take place simultaneously with the municipality elections on March 21st.
1: So she was particularly criticized because she is a member of the Decesa Assestug and they were the ones who supported putting referendums in place in the first place.
0: Yeah, uh, D66 was founded on the idea that the Netherlands should be much more democratic and the means to reach this was to abolish the Eerste Kamer and directly elect mayors and the prime minister and also to have referendums. And the referendum law was an initiative by D66 MP Boris van der Ham. And it has always been an important part of the party's manifesto throughout the years. And so it's quite ironic that it's now a D66 minister who is scrapping this law. And some find it incomprehensible that the party accepted this in the uh, coalition agreement.
2: Yeah, especially as even at the last election, I think it was in their manifesto, they wanted to actually have a stronger referendum law, they wanted to have binding referendums.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that's also uh, one of the criticisms by the MPs. They say, well, rather than scrapping the law, mm. why not just improve it by changing this uh, advisory referendum into a legally binding referendum? But the minister says this has been tried before only recently, I think it was last year that that an MP uh, tried to to have this uh, come into law, and that didn't pass in the Tweede Kamer. So she says, well, there is no uh, support for this in the Tweede Kamer. So let's.
2: But that not was do a this. different Tweede Kamer. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I don't
0: see the argument. Nobody does, except (laughs) I I think.
1: I'm kind of (laughs) sad we don't get a referendum on referendums, though. Yeah, referendum referendumception.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it's unclear if there will be one, because uh, Minister Ollonghen, she says that it's not possible to have a referendum. First of all, she says it doesn't make sense to have a referendum on scrapping a referendum. Uh, But secondly, she says it's specifically written in the new law that it is impossible to have a referendum on this. Mm -hmm. But MPs obviously are criticizing this because we still have the old law in place the old advisory referendum law. And until the new law comes into effect, we can still have a referendum on whatever law and also this law. Yeah. So it's a bit unclear if it is possible or not to have a referendum on this. But this story will definitely be continued.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like it's uh, quite likely now that someone's going to mount a legal challenge. Right, yeah, to, to, to I this.
0: think someone already did. There is, yeah. a, there is a group called Mere Demokratie, mm. and they already uh, 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 sued the government for this.
2: Yeah, but the referendum law is, um, just to make things even more confusing, uh, says that you can only have the vote after the law's been passed, it's already, sort of and then you can ask Parliament to revise the law. But if the law's been passed that says you can't have referendums, how can you then hold a referendum? Because <laughs> oh, the referen- <laughs> because
0: the law has not been, uh, doesn't come into effect uh, when it's and- passed in Parliament. Uh, it yes. only comes into effect when it's published in the courant, which mm. is a newspaper nobody reads, but it's <laughs> an important one because uh, every law that's published in there will come into effect. And there is also a uh, in the law. It's, there is also an uh, a, a date written when it comes into effect so even if you publish it in the it's it doesn't come immediately into effect mm. because there's always a date and usually it's like the 1st of January of the next year or something like that so this is going to carry on yeah this will carry on and this will be continued <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> <clears throat>
1: The Dutch parliament voted this week, on top of scrapping referendums in an unclear fashion, to explicitly recognize the Armenian Genocide. The deaths of 1.5 million Armenians by the Ottoman Empire and its successor state, the Republic of Turkey, took place between 1914 and 1923. It's recognized as the first modern genocide, but Turkey denies it was a bona fide genocide, instead arguing that the Armenians were fighting in opposition of the Ottoman military.
0: And why exactly are the Dutch involved in this?
1: Christian Union MP Joël Vortevend has been on a decades-long campaign to get the Dutch government to officially recognize the genocide. Finally, there's a coalition that's willing to undertake this move. Uh, many other countries recognize the genocide, including France, Switzerland, and Greece. In fact, denying the Armenian genocide is actually a crime in some places.
2: Yeah, and uh, Vortevend has also said he wanted to actually send a representative to the commemoration of the genocide, but um, that might not happen now, I think. And what is the Turkish government's response to this?
1: Eh, yeah, real happy about it. Uh, the Netherlands formally withdrew its ambassador from Ankara earlier this month, but it actually had, had no representation there since last March when a Turkish minister was denied permission to attend a gathering of supporters in Rotterdam over the constitutional referendum. Um, Turkey has summoned the Netherlands senior diplomat to account for the vote.
2: Hmm. So referendum's causing trouble again.
1: There's just all sorts of trouble <laughs> being caused. Do you want to know what I think is somewhat ironic about this? The word genocide was coined in response to what happened to the Armenians by the the Turkish authorities at the time, like the word did not exist prior to this event happening, and yet Turkey denies that it was a genocide.
0: But does uh, the acceptance of uh, you know recognizing this as a genocide in the Dutch Parliament have something to do with the bad diplomatic relationship the Netherlands now have with Turkey?
1: I think, I mean, this isn't sort of explicitly stated, but it does seem that part of the reason that they were able to get a coalition together of people that are willing to recognize this is because things are already so bad with Turkey that like. Kind of doesn't matter at this mm. point.
2: Yeah, but Fordevin has been campaigning yeah, on this for a long for time years. as well. So, it, yeah. so, so it he goes just back took before... an
0: opportunity, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He found a moment when there was a susceptible majority in the in the Parliament to move this uh, recognition forward.
2: The second week of the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang hasn't been quite as golden as the first for the Dutch skaters, but there was a historic moment on Thursday when 20-year-old Susanna Schulting won the first gold medal on the short track and uh, gave them one of the best celebrations I think I've ever seen. Oh, when uh, did they if, you? if you've just seen her post-race interview, she's basically just her jumping up and down and then crying. Yeah. And occasionally saying a few words. But <laughs> <laughs> it's barely... It's, it's mostly crying. It is mostly crying, yeah, yeah, but it's great to watch. Schulting was a surprise winner of the thousand metres after the two Korean favourites collided with each other on the last corner as they tried to overtake On the big oval, Kjeldt Naus grabbed his second gold medal of the Games on Friday morning, winning the thousand metres by just four hundredths of a second. However, neither the men's nor the women's team managed to defend their Olympic titles in the team pursuit. The men took bronze after losing their semi-final to Norway, while the women's team had to settle for silver behind Japan, though that meant that Irene Wüst ended her Olympic career with ten medals. And the women's relay team took bronze on the short track, even though they didn't qualify for the final.
1: Uh, so how does that work exactly?
2: All that happens is that they skated the B final, um, which was for all the teams that lose in the semifinals, and it's to decide the minor places, but two teams in the final were then disqualified, so that meant that they were promoted to third place and they got a bronze medal. There
0: you
2: go. And they skated an Olympic record time, so well Good. done to
0: them. They, they skated an Olympic record time and won bronze?
2: Yes. Oh, okay. In the B final.
0: Oh, so, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I know, I understand. Yeah. And away from the track, um, what was this week's Korean op ed
2: Yes, Korean op ed After Schinkenknecht was um, um, criticized for possibly flipping the finger at an opponent, uh, this week's episode of Dutch Person Says Something Insensitive about another country's culture features Jan Blockhausen, who uh, decided to tell a press conference um, quote, please treat dogs better in this country. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Which unsurprisingly didn't go down well with the Korea Times. Uh, they said his comments were quote, racist and ignorant, uh, and pointed out that while dog is still considered a delicacy by some people in Korea, it is a subject of heated public debate and there are animal rights groups calling for it to be stopped. Blockhausen was later forced to eat his words when he had to apologise for stirring up anger on Twitter and he wrote, it was not my intention to insult you and your country.
0: And I think it was even more uh, OPF because there were Two ice skaters who threw a uh, huge bronze medal into the audience. Yes,
2: they chucked a sort of commemorative bronze medal. This is at the Heineken House. Uh, you know, it's a place where they, um, the Dutch team celebrate all their medals. And uh, I think it was the men's uh, pursuit team. Uh, they chucked it into the audience, and it, uh, it, it hurt. I think uh, two women who were standing watching, and um, Sven Kramer uh, sent a note of apology in Korean
1: so what was the uh, the, what's the end to the Shinky connect controversy
2: well all kind of died down but uh, Shinky fastest fingers connect has um, not had uh, the best of games he turned up um, as a favourite to win a couple of medals in the short track he was in the three events and the relay but um, after he took silver in the thousand metres he then managed to get penalised in his other two individual events and he got the whole team uh, kicked out of the relay so he comes home with just one medal um, which is a a lot less than was expected Uh, but the Dutch team overall have done well if uh, got 18 medals, uh, including 8 golds, uh, and that's ahead of a target of 15.
1: New fathers in the Netherlands will now be entitled to the enormous amount of one week of paternity leave, up from the previous generous two days. Social Affairs Minister Welta Koolmas announced the change on Wednesday, moving the Netherlands from the country with one of the worst paternity leave policies in the EU to a country with one of the worst paternity leave policies <laughs> in the EU. Additionally, new fathers will be able to take off five weeks during the first six months after the birth of their child at 70% pay. Same-sex couples will also be entitled to the new leave, though birth and adoption rules are different. Mm.
2: So how does the current system work?
1: The current system works that fathers are legally entitled to two paid days of leave after the birth of their child at the full rate of pay and then they can take off an additional whopping three days of leave unpaid. Mm. Unsurprisingly, the vast majority of fathers do not take off three extra unpaid days mm. of leave. Mothers, meanwhile, are entitled to 16 weeks of maternity leave, 10 weeks of which must be taken after the birth of the child, and this is at full pay.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think um, some other advisory body had uh, recommended, um, was it four weeks at full pay? Yeah. Or something like that, and the, the ministers have uh, compromised on that. Yeah. He's gone for this uh,
0: system instead. Yeah. And this change will go into effect in 2020 right
1: yeah it goes into an effect in 2020 and until then use condoms <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or move to another country, move to oh, a country
1: yeah. like basically anywhere else in the eu yeah, yeah. it's a more generous maternity leave or S- paternity leave policy. sweden's very good yeah sweden yeah. denmark iceland mm. iceland uh, is forcing fathers to take paternity really? forcing yeah. Oh. yeah so they they i think they get a total of nine months off Three months have to be taken by the mother, three months have to be taken by the father, and then three months can be taken. Uh, they can yeah, split the it apart. Yeah, discretion. Yeah.
0: People living in Barneveld are unhappy with the new bat friendly streetlights, which turned their streets into what they feel is a red light district. The street lighting of the Neschio Straat has turned red because the neighborhood is on a popular route for endangered bats. A spokesman of Parneveld, which is a town in the Orthodox Protestant Bible Belt, said that by law the municipality has to protect the endangered animals. According to research, bats are too sensitive to normal streetlights, but have less problems with orange and red lights. Neighbors have threatened to file official complaints to the municipality. One neighbor complained her streets now looks like a red light district, and another added, you can do this in Amsterdam, but not in Parneveld. The municipality is now talking with environmental groups and biologists to see if there is an alternative to the red street lighting.
1: I suspect there's a lot of stuff you can do in Amsterdam that you can't do in Barneveld. Almost everything.
0: Almost basically. everything, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Watch TV on Sunday. Yeah. They're, they're clearly in a flap about it. <laughs> but I just don't understand that the people in the street weren't notified. It's a it's a newly built neighborhood. Yeah. So mm. it's known that it is, you know, an area where endangered uh, animals live and you know that you have to do something about that mm-hmm. otherwise you can't build it so why weren't these people informed
1: i don't know that's the that is a good question that is a good... i do find it kind of str- i mean they uh, i suspect that they maybe could just slightly alter the color of the light so it doesn't quite look so like red light district red maybe go for like a more yeah. um, orange or something. <laughs> <laughs> i was just <laughs> going to say they can
0: choose orange right. yeah. would you be happy to live in the orange street
1: i mean maybe be not super thrilled about it but like not I don't think that my like dislike of orange lighting should outweigh like the rights or the ability of endangered bats to be I mean like uh, otherwise I think your alternative is just pack it up and leave the bats were here first so like go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that seems like a pretty good compromise <laughs> yeah. I mean, c- especially considering the bats don't get any say in the issue
0: indeed <laughs> All the new residents should just go back to where they came from yeah, yeah exactly and even if the bats are saying something we can't hear it because of this high high-pitch. pitched no, noise they, they, they need to put up the bat signal <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be discussing the upcoming local elections after this word from our sponsors.
1: Do you drive or ride a bike? Are you in the train or on the train? If you're producing text in English, but aren't sure of just the right wording, mSquared can help you. mSquared is a digital publications company that can help you with all of your writing, editing and translation needs. They have a combined 20 years experience crafting the perfect document from editing books to writing website copy. If you need help with your website text, brochure, thesis, press release, and more, contact them at info at msqrd.com. If you're interested in reaching an international audience with your product or service, you can email to podcasts at dutchnews.nl for our competitive advertising rates.
0: In less than a month, on March 21st, we will be going to the voting booth to elect the members of 335 municipality councils, or gemeenteraadsverkiezingen, as it's called in Dutch.
1: It's an be- excellent word. It's a beautiful great word. language. It's a yeah. terrific word.
0: We decided we'll tell you everything about these elections: if you can vote, how you can vote, how you can decide which party to vote for, and which elections are particularly interesting. So first of all, Molly, uh, can you tell us when can one vote uh, in the municipality elections? Because you don't have to be Dutch.
1: No, both uh, Gordon and I are eligible to vote in municipality elections. This system is broken. (laughs) 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 So the rule is is that if you are an EU resident and you are registered at a local gemeente, uh, as long as you register the day before the elections, you are eligible to vote. So if you move here and register on March 20th and you're from an EU country, you're eligible to vote in local elections. If you are from outside the EU, you must have lived in the country for five years and then you're eligible to vote in local So elections. is this
0: the first time you can vote in the municipality elections? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And do you know uh, who you're going to vote for?
1: I am not sure yet, actually. You've
0: uh, you got quite a choice. I've you? You got a, Delft, quite a does choice. In many
1: places, yeah. Yeah,
2: which we'll get on to. Yeah. 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 And what do you need, if you go to vote, uh, what do you need to take with you?
1: You need to take your STEM pass, which will turn up in the mail, your your voting pass. You don't have to register or something. No, you don't have to turn. register. You are just registered by being over the age of 18 and registered at the local Hementa.
0: Make sure your dog won't eat your stem pass. Right. Yes. That is
1: a problem in and, many households.
0: And if that happens, you can just uh, uh, ask the gemeente to provide you a new one.
1: Yes, that mm. is correct. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you have to take your stem pass and a form of ID. So, your passport or your uh, national ID. or Dutch driver's license. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, a driver's license. A Dutch yeah. driver's license. Oh, no, really? Not, okay. I don't think. Not international. In no. Yeah. It has to be a Dutch license or your passport. Yeah. So, you take those two things with you to the voting booth.
0: And there's also an optional thing you can take. No, your red pencil. Yes, you can take a red pencil. You are
1: required by law in this country to vote uh, to make your ballot selection in red pencil. So the the local voting place will provide you with red pencils, but you are allowed to take your own. But it must be a red pencil. Yes, it
2: must be red. That's very important. Because I think there was was famously uh, uh, an election uh, for for the Senate a couple of years ago. The Senate is indirectly elected by representatives sent by the um, uh, provincial assemblies. um, And they have to choose, again, using red pencils. And one of the Dezis and Sestoch voters used a green pencil and his vote was then for validated and they just lost a seat in the senate that year
1: nice so bring your red pencils bring
0: your red pencils and what will they do in Barnfield now
1: uh i probably petition for orange pencils <laughs> <laughs> but if you are unable to vote because you're not here or you get sick you have you have like two choices for uh for for proxy voting um so you can give your id and your uh, stem pass to somebody else someone else's who's registered in the same municipality that you are mm. so Paul could vote for me, but Gordon could not because um, Gordon here lives in the Hague and Paul does not. Um, or you can fill out a form online if you go to the Gementa website and then you can like fill out this form and uh, your proxy, your choice of proxy person can uh, can vote for you by proxy. Right. So
0: uh, nobody's making it difficult for you to vote.
1: No. And there's like a bajillion locations to vote. So yeah. you, you don't your stem pass when it shows up will have a location on it but you don't that's just the closest one to your house you mm. don't have to vote there you can vote at any location in your own municipality um this is not like national elections where you can apply to go vote for someplace in someplace cool like the, the top of a building or whatever you have to vote in your own mm. uh Chimente. yeah which uh, makes
0: sense because it's, it's municipality elections. Elections. Yeah. yeah of
1: course but you can vote at any place um so like lots of schools and the gementa house and train stations and i don't know there's a there's like 300 options in delft and delft is yeah in that big of a city so
2: yeah so lots of choices of places where you can go and vote and lots of choices of uh, people you can vote for
1: yes but that's that's the Dutch model right let's see how many people we can possibly (laughs) cram onto this ballot um
0: Lots, lots of people because uh, we were talking about the local parties in Delft. Uh, I uh, we live in Delft, so that's uh, uh, most things I know is about the local parties in Delft. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about one of these student student political parties, which uh, are all students from the TU Delft here, from the university, and they have fifty people on yeah. their yeah. Uh, on their list, even though there are only thirty four seats available in Delft. Right.
1: Yeah. But the, the maximum number of people that you can have on a list is 50, so quite a few parties you'll discover have 50. Not not all of them do. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of local parties. So a lot of the national parties are, are out there. You will see you know, the Baby Day and the Day Sestag, and these parties are often running. You know, uh, they, they have they have local operations. Um, but In almost
0: all municipalities, they are. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Many municipalities, most municipalities have like local parties. They don't participate on the national level, but they're only running on the local level. Um, Delft has the STIP party, which is the student party. So some cities mm. with big student populations have a student party. Yeah. And then there's also like a few odd local parties i mean some <laughs> of them are not odd delta some mm. odd ones
2: no um. yeah the, the hague has got the house which is actually one of the biggest parties in the yeah. hague, and it's on the council yeah. and in fact um out in the provinces it's quite common for the local party to or for the biggest party on the council to be one of the local parties
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. and delft's yeah. stip is quite large yeah. and so i think it's the third or fourth biggest yeah. party in and in
0: total of all the municipality seats uh, in the country one third of them are uh, for local parties yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah, and some parties as well have, um, or, or, or some of the main parties, uh, their uh, their local uh, party groups have actually detached themselves from uh, the main So Particularly if this happened with the Peafidier, the Labour Party, yeah. quite a lot. The Labour Party. Um, Groups have uh, become local party groups and uh, on F- on the island of Fleelant as well, which was a solid FvD Day council for a long time. Uh, they also um, party company with the FvD Day recently. So they're now an independent hmm. uh, Fleeland party.
1: Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a number of parties that do this or that that have a that have a sister or brother I'm not exactly sure what the proper term would be but like a sort of associated party that's in the local elections.
2: And in terms of kind of the national picture, which um, local uh, contests are going to be particularly interesting for, if, if people are just following this?
0: Uh, well, we have in Amsterdam we have the Forum for Democracy. They are participating in this election. It's the only municipality where this new party by form of, of Jeremy Boudet is participating and uh, they came into a clash with D66, uh, mm. most notably. Only D66? Well, uh, D66 is, is sort of the leader of this uh, of this clash I yeah. guess.
2: Well D66 is is, is is at the moment the largest party in Amsterdam so so
0: Yeah that's, so yeah. it's logical that yeah. they are uh, very much opposing them and D66 yeah. usually comes into a clash with uh, right wing parties extreme right wing parties like PVV uh, traditionally uh, in The Hague for example mm. uh, uh, PVV got the most um, opposition by uh, D66 I guess. Uh and how, how many seats did PVV get in the the Hague municipality. I think in Less- the last
2: election uh, the, it was a very close contest between the PFF and d and it looked in the polls as if um, uh, Wilders was just going to sneak it. In the end, uh, d sister actually won. I think d got 11 seats and uh, PFF got 10. Mm. Um, but um, in the current uh, polling, uh, d were leading the polls until quite recently, but now they've been overtaken by the PFF Day. Oh, wow. So it's, it's very close again. and uh, The PFF are back in about third or fourth place.
0: And can we say that uh, the local elections uh, have something to to do with national politics, that it reflects happiness or unhappiness uh, of the voters with the current government or the current coalition?
2: Um, I think I'm only up to an extent. I think it, it, that is, it does partly kind of reflect the national picture. I think you see the parties that are doing well in the national polls tend to do well as well in um, in local elections. Uh, I think certainly the last time around, um, it was a very good uh, round of local elections for four for days as a tester. They overtook Labour in Amsterdam. and That was the first time in 70 years another party mm. had finished top of the pile. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, 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 to a point, but mostly I think local elections are about local issues and that's reflected in the fact that there are so many local parties and um, there's been a growing trend in uh, more local parties participating.
0: Yeah, and it might also be the reason why some of the uh, national party affiliates locally uh, try to use another name to... Mm. You know, benefit from the local party effect, yeah, exactly. I guess. exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: They, they don't want yeah. to be closer to the uh, the people in the locality.
1: And also, I mean, you know, I think we all Paul is voting for someone who knows like, there's multiple people I know that are going to be on the ballot in, in, in Delft. I mean, I, I suspect it's also true for you in the head, Gordon, that like this is, you know, a local community and, and cities here aren't incredibly large so the odds are good that it, you know if 10 parties have 50 people listed on them that you may have a personal connection to one or two of them and that people are m- sort of more inclined to vote for someone that they have a personal connection to so there's a bit of uh there's a bit more of that than there mm. is of national party platform
2: yeah and because there are so many candidates in yeah. there, especially in, in, in the big cities right. where uh, you almost yeah, a lot of people are going to know somebody um, or have somebody say in their in their family or the 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 their social network who's who who's
0: standing for a party. Yeah, right. so lots of parties, lots of candidates. How can someone determine who to vote for? Stemvisor. 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 stem-visor. stem-visor. Whats stemvisor?
1: Uh, you explain what stemvoter is. So Stem- it's, it's a weird. It's a Dutch. They don't have this in the UK. They, no, they have in the UK as well. Yeah. Oh, you really? on,
2: uh, yeah. And you have these kind of online um, uh, voting guides. I think they're called. Oh yeah. yeah. We don't. Yeah. It's
1: not really that popular in the US. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just
2: do you like guns or not?
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, stemvoter is like a quiz on the on the internet. You have twenty questions, and you oh. can say I agree with this or not, and you fill it in, and then uh, at the end of the quiz, a party will roll out which uh, most reflects your opinion or. Uh, yeah, there's an entire list. So it says you agree 77% with this party and 66% with this party. And that way you can determine uh, which party to vote for. There are several types of stem risers, I guess. Uh, stem riser, for example, is the most known uh, tool, I guess. Uh, you can. Uh, it has 44 municipalities um Quizzes, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, but there are more. Uh, you have, for example, uh, the Kiesweiser. It comes out tomorrow on Saturday and it, uh, includes 220 municipalities. So it's, uh, yeah, mo- most people live, of course, in big cities. So there are. Quiz is available, but if you live in the smallest municipalities, then uh, it might be problematic for you to find one. Hmm. It's
1: very easy with us to just like Google Translate the page if you don't speak very good Dutch. Yeah. Also,
0: uh, are some stem risers not available in English?
1: I think most of them are not available in English. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But sure. yeah
1: I mean, it's it's certainly a thing that you can do just Google translating the page. It's, it's not that difficult. So who are you guys gonna vote for?
2: I actually haven't decided. I need to do my stem visor. Okay, you and, have to uh, do see, stem visa yeah, and see if a hoop de moss or uh, any of the <laughs> <all> <laughs> past, starts by uh, no the, uh, d- is there a, There's an
1: old people's party in the Hague, right? You can vote five tick plus. There, there is a 50 plus, yeah, yeah
2: but, but uh, and that, that doesn't apply to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yet. In, no. There no. is there is Are one candidate who is <laughs> 17 for the 50 plus party. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> in, that's right. That's yeah. yeah. So yeah. You know.
1: It takes all kinds, I guess. Mm. <laughs> who are you voting for, Bob uh,
0: I have a friend of mine who is on the list for the favourite day party, and I'm going to vote for him. I have several friends on the stip list, but I'm not going to vote. For <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> and who are you, Molly?
1: I'm also undecided. I um, I've been to some of the local like events here. Mm. I've been working on some articles about local elections here, and so uh, uh, I have, I have. I've ended up more uh, more confused than, than convinced. Basically, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, construction stuff going on in Delft, and I have strong feelings about that. But you right. had to find a party that sort of matches up directly with. What more. are the yeah, hot yeah. topics in uh, in Delft yeah. right now? Uh, uh, taxes, because Delft is the like highest tax municipality mm. here. Um, and then kind of like this, there's anyone that sort of traveled through Delft in any point in the last ten years has noticed that the train station is sort of endlessly under construction. So there's yeah. a big discussion about that. Um, I think housing also. And there, was a, there was an article today about generally Dutch housing prices are up, but but in Delft they're they're particularly high. Mm. I know this because we're, we're trying to buy a house. <laughs> yeah. um, have, any,
2: have, have any of the parties uh, promised to take away the scaffolding from in front of your house? No. Not <laughs> I take
1: it that would get you a I think, yeah. I that, think that would get party will vote. If there was a party vote. that said they would take away the scaffolding <laughs> in front of my house, I would definitely take that. <laughs> there is a party whose party platform has like eight points on it, two of which are concerned with like jihadist terrorism in Delft. Which, which party find, is this? It's the Anne Delft party yes.
2: it's called they want Del- independence for Delft
1: yes but everyone should go g- Google maybe we'll like link to a picture because the guy who's like behind this party has this like gigantic ridiculous mustache <laughs> uh, so this is why local politics is really interesting because you can get these like real crazy characters and stuff
0: That's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can now send comments, compliments, and abuse by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, you can subscribe to our feed, give the podcast a rating, and share it. My thanks to Molly Quell and Gordon Derek. I'm Paul Peters, and we'll be back next week.